Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 40 of the Arcade Repair Tips live show for June 2020. My name is Jonathan Leung, the producer, director, and editor of the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today, as always, is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, Tim Peterson. Tim, how are you doing this week? I'm doing okay, John. Just getting ready to move one more week. Right, and so a lot of people may notice that this is a Wednesday show, right? So we're doing this on Wednesday because Tim is literally in the middle of moving to his new house, and so his house is completely boxed up at this point, right? Well, not completely, but we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting close. There you go. So um, obviously, when is the official date, Tim, that you're going to be moving? Wednesday, uh, a week from today. We close and move in the same day. Golly. Okay, so that's going to be really busy, obviously. So we wanted to give you a little break and just do it a day earlier, so that way you'd have a little bit more time to pack up, get everything moving, and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully this works well for well, you, son, Tim, and hopefully this works well for everybody else. Yes. What'd you say? Landon's graduating from high school tomorrow night. Oh, They're that's actually right. holding graduation. Well, congratulations to Landon as well. So that'll be another, another thing you got on your plate. It sounds like you've been pretty busy lately, Tim. Yeah, I'm very busy. <laughs> well, we appreciate you joining us this month, as always, Tim. And we appreciate everybody who's watching this. And thank you guys for joining us. And remember that you can join us in the live chat and leave your comments and questions there. So if you have anything that you'd like to contribute to the show, please do that. I will be reading those off as we go. Tim, uh, we've got a couple of guys here. Regzer Show is here. We also have YouTube Punk. He says hello there. Uh, we have the real Hammer Billy Lee is here. And, of course, uh, one of our YouTube moderators, Tim, uh, Louie, is here as well. So so we have a, a good group of guys with us tonight. And, and again, guys, remember that if you uh, want to engage with us, please leave some comments in the live chat. Somebody says, congrats, Tim. And I think that's YouTube Punk on the house. And he says, how many rooms dedicated uh, to arcade games, Tim? Oh, it's going to be... Um... I think I can probably get a couple. I don't know. We're going to see. <laughs> I, my shop has actually got a lot of cabinets in it, which is very nice. And then Landon's going to have a gaming area over there with a little couch and his PlayStation and stuff. So I'll get a, I'll get one or two in there for sure. Absolutely. Sounds good, Tim. Well, we're looking forward to seeing your new place. And uh, we may even try to do a live show from there, maybe next month. If, uh, if everything goes well, we'll just see how things are going. Hopefully by then you'll be somewhat unpacked. I don't know. If you're like me, it takes you like six, eight months to get like fully unpacked. So, But uh, hopefully you'll be somewhat unpacked. Maybe we can do a, a nice show over there or something. So we'll find out then. But we want to, again, Tim, thanks for being here. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We have a great selection of questions. And, Tim, before we came on the air, we actually got some great news about our 
updates here in Texas that we'll talk about later in the show. So we'll get to that. Make sure you stay tuned for that news. And we're also going to be talking about something, Tim, that we've discovered that'll help uh, people position their monitors, uh, their monitor picture better as well, right? Yeah. So we'll be covering that. And, of course, the stern release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Tim, is a big deal as well. And we'll be talking about the, that on this live show. So lots to get to, guys. So we want to thank you again for joining us. Now, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and check into the live chat before we move in with the questions. Uh, Headless Horseman is here. Says congrats uh, to Tim and Landon. So there you go, Tim. We have that. Uh, hello, Tim and John. So that's from Headless Horseman. Hello, Headless Horseman. Danny says, hello, glad you guys are, uh, glad to see you guys again. Hopefully you guys are staying safe. And obviously, Tim, we're still separated, but I think this time it's probably less from COVID-19 and more just because you're so busy. It's kind of hard to get over here this yeah. month, so. More of a convenience today than uh, anything. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but anyway, we're all here. We're glad to be doing a live show for this month. And Tim, without further ado, let us get into the questions. So the first one here we have is from Martin. And Martin says, hey guys, I've been watching your repair tips videos on YouTube for a few years now. Wondering if you can help. I'm restoring a Tato Operation Wolf and the gun isn't registering shots on screen. I realize the barrel is missing off the end of the gun and I'm assuming the lens would have been inside the barrel. Have you any experience with Operation Wolf guns? Wondering if you can confirm this and if the lens is a generic type you'd find in other light guns like the Suzo Hap guns, etc. Or if you know where I could get a replacement barrel and lens from. Kind regards, Martin. So Tim, we have Martin here and he's got an Operation Wolf arcade game. Now Tim, a lot of people may mistake Operation Wolf for being a potentiometer based gun, but I don't think that's the case, correct? No, I don't think so. It's a, it does have a light based... Uh, like an optic sensor? Kind of, yeah, kind of an optic sensor sensor if I remember right. It's been a long time since we've worked on one. So what advice would you give to Martin know, on this one? Yeah, even back in the day I remember it seems like they had their own gun specific parts that you had to like buy that gun part. So I don't think they're like the gun lenses and stuff, I don't think you're interchangeable. And the problem was for a while there you could buy used ones uh, real cheap. And so a lot of times people were just getting out party games or you'd find them on eBay. Now they're really getting scarce, uh, but fortunately I know you got some information in the slide coming up. There is some guys that are wanting to reproduce them. Yeah, that is correct, Tim. Yeah, we did a little bit of research and actually found some people in the UK that want to reproduce them. So I'll go ahead and throw up the slide, Tim, since you mentioned that. And they may be some people good to contact because they may sell the individual parts too. Very true, Tim. Like if he does just need a lens or something. Right. So as far as we know here, Martin, unfortunately the lens on the Operation Wolf gun is not the same as what you'd find on the Suzo Hap guns, and we're not sure where to get a replacement at the moment. Now, you may try contacting Suzo Hap or Betson directly with your request and see if either of them have one available, Tim, because they're usually pretty good about helping you out with parts, correct? Oh, yeah. Real, real helpful. There you go. So uh, there are some arcade collectors in the UK that are trying to get a replacement lens manufactured. You might chime in on this thread on the uh, UK VAC, Tim, obviously the uh, United Kingdom Video Arcade Collectors Forum, and let them know that you are interested. And, Tim, we have a link to the forum li- uh, to the forum posts there on the Operation Wolf lens, and we also have a link to the game manual that actually shows the breakdown of, of the inside of the gun, which we thought may be helpful for Martin as well. But, Tim, uh, this uh, forum post was just made maybe about a month ago and it looks like these UK these UK guys are trying to get one remanufactured and if that's the case I think it's really going to help Martin out but not just Martin Tim it's going to help a lot of collectors out right 
Oh yeah, because like I said, you used to find them all over the place. Now they're getting really scared. Exactly. So I mean, we're not seeing them nearly as often as, as we used to. And again, it's a part since it's an older game that's not being carried by a lot of major uh, parts distributors and manufacturers. So um, probably best to check those two links out, Martin, and see if uh, you can secure a lens from the guys that are trying to get one uh, remanufactured, or even even try uh, contacting Suzo Hap or Betson to see what they, if they have one or, around. We did also put those links down in the show notes section of this uh, video, so make sure you go down there to actually see the links. But uh, hopefully between them and Suzo Hap and Betson, somebody can help you find that replacement lens that'll get your Operation Wolf uh, gun uh, operating again. So Martin, hopefully that answers your question, and good luck with your Operation Wolf repair. So Tim, I'm going to go ahead and go back over to the live chat real quick. Uh, YouTube says donations sent through PayPal, guys. Thank you so much, YouTube Punk. We always appreciate donations. And guys, you can send your donations to arcaderepairtips.com slash donate if you'd like to make a donation there. Or if you hit the little dollar sign right underneath the, uh, the little chat uh, line on the live chat, you can donate that way as well. We'll take donations either way, but we do appreciate all donations, Tim, that we get to Arcade Repair Tips. And by donating, you're just telling us that we appreciate what you do and continue doing it. So we always appreciate that, right, Tim? Yes, very much. Thank okay, you. Okay, we also have a Headless Horseman who has a question, Tim, so let me go ahead and get to that. Hey, Tim, I have an arcade question for my friend. He just bought a virtual cop, okay. dedicated Sega cabinet. Can he put House of the Dead in this or House of the Dead 2? The virtual cop? Yeah, so it's a virtual cop. I mean, yeah, I mean, he can. I don't know. We've never, you know, it's like one of those things if we've never done it before. Um, I'm assuming that he can, but it's, you know, it may take some work, maybe more trouble than it's well, worth. Well, and one thing we know about, I was about to say, one thing we know about Sega, Tim, is that they tend to have different wiring harnesses for like every single game. And so I, I think it's probably possible, but you may have to do some rewiring to really get it working. Yeah, I don't have the. What I look at is the pinouts and see how it's wired up. Um, I'm not sure what. Say, do they both use the same system? I don't know either. I, I don't think in. so because um, Virtual Cop was definitely earlier on uh, than, uh, than right. House of the Dead. House of the Dead has much better graphics, and so I'm thinking that I'm thinking that the wiring harnesses are different. I mean, I think you can get them working, but it may take some rewiring. The guns, I think, may work between the two. That would be the one similarity, but there may be some rewiring on your part in order to get that working, and it'd take more research, like you said, Tim, to really know, because I'm not familiar with the harness on either one of those games, unfortunately, so... Yeah, not offhand, but I would definitely say as long as the pinouts are pretty close and maybe if you only have to switch a couple wires, it might not be that big a deal. Right, and I know that, I think House of the Dead may have been Naomi, um, so whereas Virtual Cop, I think, you know, it ran on the same hardware platform as Virtual Racing and some, uh, some of those early 3D Virtual Fighter, those early 3D games. So the platform's definitely different, and knowing Sega, a lot of times when they switch platforms, they also switch wiring. So I know that there's going to be a wiring change required. I don't know how much it's going to be, but you'd have to actually look at the individual pinouts for those games to see what kind of wiring change you'll have to make. But um, I, again, not off the top of my head, don't know, Headless Horseman, but uh, we can do some research, Tim, and, and probably find out more as well, right? Yeah. And if you do the research about the pinouts and everything, you could probably determine it yourself as well. So, um, But if you need additional help all, with that... Yeah, for all we know, they may be a lot more similar than we know. We just don't know offhand. That's true. And if you want to shoot us an email with that, just to remind us, Headless Horseman, at uh, questions at arcaderepairtips.com, uh, we can get back to you with, um, like I said, the differences. Because if you check the manuals, it'll be pretty clear what needs to be done as far as wire wiring is concerned in order to get it running. Right, Tim? Yeah. Sounds good. So hopefully hopefully that's the best answer we can come off, up with off the top of our heads. But if you need additional help, please email us at questions at arcaderepairtips.com. 
Okay, Tim, I think we're caught up to the live chat right now. So let us go ahead and move on in our questions. And the next one we have is from Patrick. So I'll put that up. Hey guys, I have an Arkanoid Tournament arcade game from 1986. Recently, after a couple of minutes of gameplay, the screen will display a message that state, stating that a hardware check was taking place and a timer starts counting down. After the countdown, the game reboots at the beginning. I'm a complete novice and have no idea how to remedy this problem. Any information would be truly appreciated. Thank you, Patrick. So Tim, we have Patrick here, and he has an Arkanoid Tournament Edition, which is a little different from like the standard Arkanoid board. But um, this hardware check, if I remember correctly, is something that usually comes up when you start the board up initially, right? Yeah, it should only come up for just a minute, though, and then uh, it's like, think of it like a computer starting to book, boot up. You see, uh, if you had a little scroll bar, it would be going across the screen or something. That's what just doing a hardware check. But then it's resetting because some is having some kind of issues there. Right. So what do you think's going? What do you think uh, we, uh, Patrick should do in order to well, resolve it? Fortunately, uh, anytime a game is not going booting up or resetting, a lot of times that's just a power supply issue. It's not getting enough power. Sometimes if you'll check its voltages, you can just tweak it. Uh, it's not always a board repair, although that is a possibility and something that he may need to check into. But a lot of times, it's just not getting the, quite the power that it was uh, enough to boot up, in other words. Gotcha. Or when it gets booted, maybe when it's being played, that voltage is dropping below an acceptable level and resetting the board. Something's out of effect. Yeah. And so I'm with you there, Tim. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and put up our slide that we that we have for it. So the hardware check should only come up when this, uh, on the screen when the game is first powered on. When the countdown ends, the board should kick over to the attract mode and allow you to play the game. The fact that your board is doing it during gameplay may indicate an issue with your board or power supply. And like Tim mentioned, start off this repair by making sure that the power supply is getting good voltage to the board. Test the voltage at both places with a multimeter. And when we say both places, Tim, the power supply and the board. Uh, and then test it with a multimeter to ensure that it is correct. Check to make sure that all wires are connected properly. And see some of the tips in our post and video on inspecting an arcade board if the power supply tweaking does not fix the issue. Uh, Tim, it could be a processor issue on the main board that's very common with the resets yeah, and things like that. it could be. What were you going to say? <laughs> yeah, I said it could be. That's As long as his, if his voltages are good, that's definitely the next thing to check. Right, exactly. you got to move on to the board. But like I said, it's not, I mean, something is causing a reset. Tim, sometimes there's um, there's timer crystals or timer things on the board that can cause resets like this. Uh, sometimes it's a processor issue. But at, this, at that point... Um, you can try the inspecting an arcade board video and post that we have, but um, past that, you may have to have an oscilloscope and do some troubleshooting to really figure out what's going on, right? Agree. Sounds good. So, Patrick, hopefully answers your question. Let's start out with a power supply check just to make sure we're getting good voltage everywhere. And if that is good, if the voltage is good, I may try some of the tips and tricks we talk about in inspecting an arcade board. But past that, you may have to do some checks on the processor on the main board or maybe some of the clocks that are on the main board to see if they are operating properly. So hopefully answers your question, Patrick, and good luck with your tournament Arkanoid arcade game. Okay, Tim, it looks... Oh, here we go. Um, YouTube Punk says, what's the difference between regular Arkanoid and Tournament Edition? I don't know what the gameplay difference is. I know that they play very similar. I think there are some different power-ups in the Tournament Edition, perhaps. Yeah, I think... 
Yeah, some different So, ones. But I'm not sure what gameplay-wise, if there's really anything different between Tournament Arkanoid and Arkanoid. I think they're pretty much the same. Maybe with some additional power-ups and maybe a tournament mode where you can, you know, where you can have multiple people playing and it keeps track of scores or something to that effect, so... Uh, that was from YouTube Punk. Danny, Danny Ransom says, I was wondering if Madden Arcade was a PC, and if so, is it possible to build one and put put it in a four-player cabinet? I do believe that Madden, the Madden Arcade game was based on a PC. And Tim, there are some PC simulating software that can simulate some of the PC arcade games. And I don't know if Madden yeah. is on that list, but I have seen some PC simulators, which not emulators, but simulators that basically will will allow um, your computer to simulate the computer hardware of the original game so that it will run. Um, I've seen this with uh, Mario Kart Arcade in particular. So Mario Kart GP, people have got that running on just regular computers. I don't know if that's possible with Madden or not, but if you do some research on PC simulation of arcade games, you can probably find out if Madden's in that list. It wouldn't surprise me one bit, but I'm pretty sure that it is based on PC hardware. So... Uh, and YouTube Punk says, pretty sure it's a PC too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Regular Show just donated $5, Tim. He says, always thankful for the for the help. Question, my quarters keep getting stuck in my Bally Midway coin door about halfway down. Any suggestions, Tim? Uh, in the door or in the mech? Yeah, and you see, I think I think he's talking like about the, the mech. Part? Okay. Well, you you know that we did in a video before on adjusting a coin mech. So if you watch that, that may help. But there's a screw back there. Sometimes, believe it or not, a, a lot of times, mechs are really dirty. And think about coins in your pockets and stuff like that. And when they get really dirty, they won't let the coins slide through. A lot of times, I would clean them with some WD-40, which is a cleaner, not a lubricant. Right. And uh, that's a good cleaner to use there. And sometimes, just a little cleaning... But a lot of times it needs a, just a tweaking on the adjustment. There's a screw right in the middle back there if you watch that video. And turning that will allow it to be wider. Or you have the wrong mech in there. You got it for one for like a token or something instead of a quarter or vice versa or something. But if it was working and it kind of started, just started this randomly, a lot of times a really good cleaning uh, I know some guys, I don't like to use like 3-in-1 oil or something, but WD-40 to me works really good uh, cleaning those mechs out. And I think we talk about in the video, Moss, M-A-A-S, cleaner also works really, really good. Yeah, so um, Racer Show says he knows nothing about coin doors. So when you insert the coin, it goes into a little slot. That slot dro drops the coin into what we call the coin mech. And the coin mech verifies that the coin is the correct coin for the game and then drops it on the coin switch. And so you can remove the coin mech a lot of times. There's usually like a little either screw or a little latch that you can unlatch just to remove the middle section coin mech out. And so, Tim, um, if you're using like one of the old style mechanical ones, those tend, like Tim mentioned, to get jammed fairly fre frequently need to be cleaned. Uh, we recommend Imanex. That's our favorite brand of coin mech. It's, they're clean. They allow... Um, quarters to go through very easily. They don't jam very often. So if you're looking to replace it, you may look at an Imanex. If you just want it for home use and you don't care what coin it takes, there's also the AnyCoin Mech, Tim, which we featured on our show before, which will basically let any coin yeah. fall through. So you've got a lot of options, but a lot of times just cleaning the coin mech, like Tim mentioned, will, will make it uh, work 100% better, taking some WD-40 inside of there, kind of cleaning some of the inside parts. Uh, and Tim, sometimes you can have a coin jammed up in your mech that you need to do. And so the side panel is kind of like a hinge. You can actually take that side panel and hinge it 
uh, open it just like a car door to the left, and then uh, it'll open up, uh-huh. and you can take out all those coins and everything if there is something jammed up in there. So you do want to clean it, check yep. for jams, and see if there's anything there, and then adjust it according to whatever coin you're trying to get it to take. Um, Tim, obviously, p- most are going to take quarters or the .984 tokens, correct? Yes, most of the time. And there's also a magnet in there, and a lot of times, uh, just whatever stuff's attached to coins, a lot of times little metal shavings will get built up on there, and that can cause some issues too. So you want to make sure your magnet is clean. And uh, you'll also notice that American coins don't have much metal in them. And I've seen Can- Canadian coins always get stuck Yes, there. they do. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have experienced that. People putting Canadian quarters in mechs, it definitely jams it up. So uh, Rexer Show hopefully answers your question. If you need additional help, you know, just take a picture of your coin door, send it to us at questions at arcaderepairtips.com, and we can walk you through how to take it all apart. But we also have a video on adjusting a coin mech. Definitely want to check that one out as well. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Um, Louis posted that Tournament Arkanoid is more of an upgrade than an actual sequel. The gameplay is 100% identical to the original, Tim. So for those who are wondering about um, okay. Tournament Arkanoid compared to regular Arkanoid, they're pretty much the same. So um, let's see. Um, oh, we got uh, Ito is here and says, What's up, guys? Hello from Connecticut. So there you go. We got somebody there. Hello. Um, Louie also posted a link to adjusting a coin mech there for your Rexer show, so you can see that to our video. So you can try that out. But if you need additional help, please let us know. Um, Tim, you know, for home use, I like the any coin mech, which we've talked about, which will literally take any coin, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's it's something that somebody 3D printed, but uh, you can get them fairly cheap. And if you're just using it for home use anyway, it doesn't matter what kind of coin they throw in there, right? Right. So it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, that, at that see. point, it's just like a bank. So. Yeah. But anyway, I think we're caught up on the live chat, Tim. So let us continue on in our live show outline with Nick. And Nick says, hey, guys, love your site. I've learned a ton from you over the years. I was hoping you might be able to help me out. I have an NFL Blitz arcade game. I removed the control panel a few weeks ago to make room for moving some things around in my basement. I just installed the control panel back on and every button works on the four player control panel except for the player two action buttons. The player two star button works and so does every other button for players one, three, and four. And so, uh, except for the three action buttons for player two. So, uh, Tim, you know, uh, Blitz uses a turbo, uh, like it's got one for tackle and throw and all that kind of stuff. So there's three action buttons there. He's saying those three are, are the ones that don't work for player two. I tried tinkering with it a bit, but I'm truly at a loss right now. Any advice, tips, or help would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Nick. Okay, Tim, so we have Nick here, NFL Blitz, and he's got everything going. Oh, I think I lost him, guys. Tim! Hello, are you still there? Hello? Froze up. Oh, I got your audio, though. You hear me, John? You froze up. I'm going to let you call me back in. Okay, <laughs> technical difficulties, guys. we got to wait. Yeah, Actually, you're still there, Tim. Can you hear me? Nope. Okay. We got to call him back, guys. Give me just a second. We'll see if we can get him back on the line. Technical difficulties. I know this is exciting, isn't it? Just calling Tim. I wonder if he lost audio. If he lost internet. Y'all just talk amongst yourselves in the live chat while we uh, while we wait here. Hello? Oh, Tim is not online. Okay. 
Well, we'll give it a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and th we'll go ahead and talk. I'll call Tim back here in a second. But uh, guys, anytime that you're having issues with <clears throat> anytime you're having issues with buttons not working or anything like that, you really want to trace it back to the wiring. And what happens in a lot of cases, especially with four player control panels, is that you have these connectors that go for each player. And so I think what's happening here in Nick's case is maybe the, the actual um, connector that he used to connect back the player two action buttons maybe is not making quite the connection that he thinks it is. And so he, what he probably needs to do is do a continuity check just to make sure that um, it is making a continuity on both sides of the connector that he's got the player two controls plugged into. And of course you also need to do a continuity check all the way from the button to the harness as well. If you do that, then uh, you should that should guarantee that the buttons are making a good connection to the board, which is very important. So, um, but anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and throw the slide up here while we try to get Tim back on the line. So uh, the fact that you have more than one button that's not working in the player two section of the control panel makes us think that there may be an issue in the ground wire daisy chain that is connected to these buttons, which is something I didn't mention a second ago, but could also be the case. So using the continuity test on your multimeter, check to make sure that these buttons are properly connected to a ground. Also, make sure that the wires for each button are connected to the corresponding pins on the board. This includes checking the continuity on both sides of the plug-in connector for that section of the control panel as it may not be making a good connection. And that's what I was talking about, guys. Those white Molex connectors. And typically in a game like Blitz, you've got one of those for each player. Or you've got two players that share one, for instance. But you want to make sure that that connection is being made on both sides of the connector because that's a huge thing. If you're not making that, that connection on both sides of the connector, obviously you're going to have an issue with that. And so make sure that you check it on both. And don't just eye it. I know a lot of times we get in the habit of just eyeing something and saying, okay, well, it looks good. It's good enough for me. But what you really want to do is you want to look at it and say, and, and take your continuity test, make sure that the continuity is connected all the way through the connector, and then you should be in good shape. So hopefully, Nick, that answers your question, and good luck with your NFL Blitz arcade game. And I'm trying to get Tim back, guys, and no moss so far. So, okay, so you get to see his little Skype logo real quick. Um, I'm, I'm checking here. He just texted me. Here we go. Let's see what we got. Oh, he's restarting his computer. Okay, he's coming back in, guys. While we're waiting on Tim, I am going to go ahead and look at the live live chat here. Uh, Rusty is here. Hey, Rusty, what's up? We're going to be featuring Rusty here in, in just a little bit. He says, a prettier video, LOL. Um, you know, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. It depends. Um, but we're going to be playing um, some some uh, an interview we did with Eric and Rusty here in a bit. And so you're going to check that out. Um, Headless Horseman says, Tim turned into the Skype logo. That is correct. Uh, let's see. Danny says, I've been working on my Golden Tee, and I have a Golden Tee Classic board. I had to use a computer monitor and convert to get it to make a VGA, but don't have sound. I was wondering maybe it is because, and it doesn't look like you finished that, uh, Danny, but you got to remember that the sound runs from directly from the board. So make sure that you have your speaker hooked up directly to the board. Sometimes in some boards you have to have an audio amplifier as well. And I think with Golden Tee you may need that. And so you may have to buy like a cheap audio amplifier in order to uh, connect the wires up to that and then connect those wires up to your speaker. And so um, you may need to invest in a little cheap amp. And when I say cheap, like $20 or $15 or so, you can find them. And uh, try amplifying it, see if that works. And also go into the test mode of course and the service mode for the for the board to make sure that the volume is turned up um louis says probably had to reboot i think he did oh it looks like he's calling me back guys hang on a second we may be getting him okay we'll see is tim here 
Hello, Tim. Hello. Hey, am I back? You're, you're coming back slowly. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Hey, there he is, guys. Check it out. Well, we, you obviously know that the show is live. That's all, <laughs> that's all I got to yeah. say. Uh, we always, with technical difficulties there, but you are back, Tim. Nice to have you back. And uh, I already finished up Nick's question, so you don't have to do that part. But um, <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm in the live chat right now, and uh, we just had a couple of... We've had a couple of uh, different things. Um, Louis says, tell everybody about your shirt. So my shirt that I'm repping uh, this month, Tim, is from Arcade Legacy, which is in Cincinnati, Ohio. They have a location also in Kentucky. But uh, they're one of the arcades that we bought shirts from in order to support, um, obviously, all of the downtime that they've had due to COVID-19. And, Tim, what are you wearing there? Oh, you got the Game Preserve shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll be playing, uh, we'll play a video interview with uh, Eric and Rusty that we did later in the show. So make sure you stay tuned for that. They're, they're uh, of course, um, the host of our question and answer podcast, but they are also part of the ownership group of the Game Preserve. So we'll be playing that shortly here uh, in the discussion portion of the live show. So uh, Headless Horse- Horseman says, um, I hear some rumbling, sounds like a Harley rumbling. Maybe Tim decided to go for a ride. Maybe I don't. I don't know what that was. A headless horseman. Maybe it was. Maybe it was my air conditioner. I don't know. <laughs> Might uh, been my washer. Yeah, YouTube Punk says his connection was glitchy to start. Yeah, your connection was a little glitchy. Um, are they playing uh, Fortnite over there on your Xbox or something like uh, that while no. you're doing the live show? Okay. Now they're getting ready for graduation practice. Oh, that's right. So. Regzer Show says, NFL Blitz is cool. That's awesome. I love NFL Blitz, Tim. I've got a Blitz Showtime uh, sports station cabinet that is just absolutely cool. Uh, one of my favorite games, Tim, for sure. Yeah. Cruising, right? Yes. It's our favorite play. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Danny Ransom chimed in, Tim, about an issue he was having with the Golden Tee, saying he used a VGA monitor, but he's not getting sound. And he's saying here, I need to run the sound from the VGA converter. The sound, well, here's the deal is that the sound doesn't go through the VGA converter. VGA is only for picture. The sound should be coming off of the main board, right, Tim? Yeah, should come off your main. Exactly. So you, should, you shouldn't have or to run through the video There's converter. I, if you're trying to get to the speakers on the monitor, then, again, you may have to have an audio amplifier that goes to a headphone jack and then have a 3.5 millimeter um, male-to-male connection to go to the actual VGA monitor. If that's what you're trying to accomplish, that may be the way to do it. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Headless Horseman says, hi, everyone. Don't forget to thumbs up the video to help these guys out. Thank you for that. Yes, of course, if you thumbs up the video, we'd really appreciate it. I don't always mention that, Tim, but, you know, it's one of those things. Um, Louis said, or YouTube Punk says, reboot three times. So, (laughs) did you reboot three times or just once? No, it took a, took a minute. <laughs> okay, you just had like a little freeze up. I, I mean, to yeah, be honest with you, that's the first flub we've had. So I thought, I thought, considering uh, how many times we've done this now, uh, that's that's not bad. You know, uh, Skype. You know, I know they have outages and things like that, but um, you know, for the most part, performing pretty ad- admirably. So uh, it's my see. internet, I'm sure. Yeah, but that's okay. I think we can continue on now, right, Tim? We are caught up in the live yeah. chat, so we will move on to Keith's question, Tim. So let me go ahead and read that real quick. Hello, this might be a stupid question, but I cannot figure out how to check voltages on my Donkey Kong PP7B power supply. Any help would be appreciated. Thanks, Keith. Now, Tim, uh, these Nintendo power supplies can sometimes be a little tricky to um, to get all of the, the, the voltage checks on, correct? Yeah, it's not a dumb question at all. In fact, um, it's been a while even since I've been in a Nintendo cabinet, so... It would take me a minute to kind of figure out, well, sometimes you can go by color wires, the, the colors of the wires, but you always can't, you don't always, you can't always go by that. So 
Um, fortunately, though, uh, that's exactly what I'm what I'm going to advise is exactly what I do. I'd probably look it up and see what the pinouts are, or um, you, you're going to mention it on the slide, John, about Ken Layton has a um, different types of it talks about different power supplies and where to check it and all this stuff like that. So that's what I would use myself. I'd have to refer or the manual, of course. But, um, you know, just knowing offhand sometimes, I don't feel bad. That's not a big deal. There's so many different types of games, especially Nintendo. You get kind of kind of weird if you don't work on them a lot. Uh, I probably would remember and catch on pretty quick, but I would still probably use something as a reference to make sure. Absolutely. And, Tim, you mentioned uh, Ken Layton's document. We're going to link to that here in a second. But the manual is always a great place to go in order to find pinouts and things like that. And the Donkey Kong manual actually does have um, all of these pinouts and what voltages should be where. But Ken Layton did a really good job of kind of breaking that information down for Nintendo cabinets. And I'm going to go ahead and put the slide up here, Tim. Ken Layton has a okay. created a document entitled Nintendo Video Game Power Supplies that has the different types of Nintendo Arcade Power Supplies and their connector pinouts. This should help you with the process of checking voltages on your PP7B power supply. And Tim, I've got the link here, but the link is also down below in the show notes. And so right. if, um, if you want to click that, Keith, that will give you what each individual pin is and the voltage that should be at that pin. And that should help you tremendously in checking the voltage on your PP7B power supply in your Donkey Kong. And so, Tim, it's, it doesn't just have the Donkey Kong power supply in, in that document, though. He's got basically every type of Nintendo power supply in the connectors and what the voltage should be at which pins. And so very handy if you're going to be working on Nintendo cabinets at any point in the future. It's important to note that there is a lot of differences in different kinds, too. So a lot of them look the same, but they're not exactly the same either. Right, exactly. So, um, But check out that document from Ken. Again, it's linked down below in the show notes and show description of this video, and it'll also be on, the, uh, on our website under this live show episode. So make sure you check that out, Keith. And if you need additional help, uh, please let us know. Okay, Tim, it looks like we got some activity over here in the live chat. We've got um, uh, Luis says, hello from Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. I don't know what time it is in Brazil. Wow. Um, I, I guess that's, would that be closer to maybe East Coast time? Close. It's kind of on yeah, the same thing. Closer. Yeah, so. Um, um, closer to Germany time. Ah, Brazil? Or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's because it's up and down. Yeah, I don't know. Way down. What time? Luis, let us know what time it is. I'm curious. So um, let's see what else we have here. Diego says, oh, Diego has a two-part question here, Tim. He says, hello, my name is Diego, and I am using the Google Translator because I am Brazilian. So uh, another Brazilian in here, Tim. He says, I have a question. I have my PC connected to a tube monitor by a JPEG. When I run the game that has lots of flashing lights, Melislug, for example, the monitor turns off. But But games like Mortal Kombat, it doesn't happen. What can it be? Thank you. So, Tim, this, actually, um, Google Translate did a pretty good job on this. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. But um, for Di- um, for or Diogo, I thought it was Diego. Is Diogo, Tim? Uh, what do you think's happening? Okay. It sounds like when he's got a really bright screen, the monitor tends to go into to high voltage shutdown. But when he's playing darker games like Mortal Kombat, it's fine. So, what do you think's going on with uh, Diogo's monitor? Yeah, it sounds like he's having something in his high voltage circuit problem, like it. Uh, probably needs to be rebuilt. Um, you know, what, what do you think, John? Because if you 
Maybe if he just turned up the brightness a little bit, would that help? Maybe. Um, it could be that his B-plus voltage is too low, and that could be due to either That's an adjustment or it could be due to failed failed parts. I mean, it's hard to tell. And so the first thing you want to do on this Diago is probably check the B-plus voltage to make sure it's dialed in properly. I, and, you know, whenever you have something that's going to high voltage shutdown, it's usually because, like I said, it's something somewhere along that high voltage line, something is dying, right? And so you definitely want to check all of the vol all of the parts in the high voltage section, Tim, that we talk about in uh, in like our video on uh, troubleshooting games that are playing blind. Um, you also want to look for filter caps in the high voltage section, Tim, as you always talk about, because I mean those can obviously cause issues like this as well. So, I mean, high voltage section is what we're going to say because that what you're experiencing is high voltage shutdown. So yeah, I, I said turn it up. I meant actually turn the brightness down some to see if that would help, but sounds like something's going to need to be rebuilt in there. Yeah, and so, I mean, you could try a cap kit on this. Not sure it would work. What we would do is probably trace down from where the power comes into the monitor chassis, chassis and trace it all the way through to the flyback to make sure that all parts along that line are doing well. Um, but, um, you know, that's going to be the only way to really solve the issue because because it's got to be a high-voltage high issue with the monitor. The question is, where is that located? It could be it could be in, you know, capacitors. It could be in, it could be in, um, it could be in your hot, it could be in your flyback. Um, could be some issues in there. So, but your B plus voltage as well. Make sure that you're getting, um, make sure that's dialed in because that'll happen. If you have low B plus voltage and the screen gets really bright, that can cause your monitor to turn off all of a sudden. So, if your B plus is too low, that could be that could be the problem. So, check your B plus voltage first, and then and then go through that high voltage line. See if there's anything else that may be failing. So. Uh, Danny says, I've got a Cruising World Arcade, and I have a bad board. I was wondering if there is a compatible driving boards for it. Tim, I think pretty much any of the Cruising series, are they're pretty uh, standard across the board, correct? Um, yeah, but the world, some of them use hard drives and stuff. So I don't know that you can just swap them with, the, with another one because they all have their own I.O. board, too. Gotcha. And um, so I, I'm not sure really that you know any other any board would work i mean another jamma board would play in there if that's all it requires but a lot of those games have separate boards or hard drives so you kind of have to kind of do the whole thing you can't a lot of times it's not just the board yeah i, I know what you're saying tim those io boards sometimes are a little different between driving games correct yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the challenge that you're presented with the Cruising World. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I think the Cruising series may be okay across. Like, you may be able to get them working, but I don't know if there's additional wiring or things that may have to change due to that. And you may still have to replace an I/O board, depending. So, I don't know if there's anything compatible with Cruising World other than just getting another Cruising World board set. Is that what you're saying, Tim? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So, uh, yeah, just may have to do that. If the board's bad, though, you can also, I mean, you can either, you know, you, you can you could get another one or you could ship it off for repair, right? Um, is there any buy you'd recommend for that kind of repair, Tim? Um, offhand, I know that, um, you know, it, most, most guys that, uh, who does, somebody on our page does a lot of that style of board. Well, I know in the past, not, I was going to say in the past, um, who's the, the people that you... Um, the people that you recommend. They're kind of expensive, but uh, they do a good job. I can't even think. El Dorado. Yeah, El Dorado games would, could probably do it easily. I mean, you used to you have know? a prison at Chucky. Um, Who'd you guys send off your boards to? At the time, um, wow, we did, you know, the boards were pretty solid. I'm trying to think. I know we've sent one off uh, before. It seems like we would just send them, um, you know, Chucky always had the, the internals, like where they had games that were bad. Or they take an off location, they would just go rob them. Some of ours was done internal, but it seems like I've had um, 
I'm going to think of it here in a second. Um, they're out of Florida. They do a lot of Golden Key tea stuff and things like that. I can't remember the name offhand, John. It's been about 15 yeah, years. We'll let it come but, to you. Um, if it comes to you, you can let us know. But I know they do a lot of Golden Key boards. I'll try to look it up on my phone real quick. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, but I know Eldorado does repairs like that. And Tim, at Crimson World, I don't know if that has the hard drive like you're talking about, but hard drive-based games will fail if the hard drive goes bad. And so it may be worth looking into a um, a, like, you know, a compact flash card upgrade for that if it does have a hard drive, because you'd right. be surprised how many times that the bad hard drive can lead to other issues. And so um, if it does have a hard drive, you may check it or you may get the compact flashcard kit and see if that works. Okay. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, let's see. Oh, it says, Louis says, Brazil's only one hour ahead of us. I told you, Tim. Eastern. Oh, so, okay. Well, I don't know nothing about geography. I'm from Texas. There you go. <laughs> Headless Horseman says... Here, I'm going to continue on. Headless Horseman says, I have a monitor issue I am having with my MK3 dedicated cabinet. It has a WorldGuard K7000 monitor chassis in it. Um, I did the recap. I did recap the chassis when I first got it. However, there's an issue that happens when something is flashing on the screen. The edges of the screen kind of wave in and out. It only does this when something is blinking on the screen. Steady images don't cause it to happen. That's very interesting, Headless Horseman. Um, what do you think, Tim? You got any ideas offhand? Uh, I'm still, I was looking up that, uh, John, just to answer the first one. The place, one place that we like to use was, um, because the chips are surface mounted, that's a lot of people do border pairs, but they're not really uh, set up for the surface mounted. And it uh, looks like the website is, adeservices.com adeservices.com and uh, it says right on their website arcade repair services and pcb repair uh fast turnaround time and it lists a bunch of those games i'm looking at it russia rocks cruising usa cruising world cruising exotica hydro thunder rush the rock so uh golden tea exchange program i knew they did a lot of golden tea boards so anyway, ADE services. And Louie also posted a lot of links, Tim, to some repair places in the live chat as well. So you could try those. I repair Sega's one. He mostly does Sega, but I bet he could tackle a cruising as well. And uh, a couple others. But ADE services is the one you recommend, correct? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. So, okay. Now back to your question. Yes, yeah, so there's a K7000 that only when it gets a really bright screen do we get this little wave in and out on the sides. So um, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen when it's dark. Only when um, only when it's bright. It looks like or blinking. Yeah, most of the time you get that hula hula effect. Right. It's usually it needs a caps. You know, that's where you know you need to do the cap kit. Now on he it. said he did a recap when he first got it. However, and but I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long that's been. You know, um, that's a good question. Yeah. But if you did the recap when you first did it, it's probably okay. But there is, like, there are some particular caps that are actually uh, associated with that Hulu effect. And I can't think of what they are off the top of my head, Tim, unfortunately. So. Me, me either. I know that it, uh, we could probably look at the flow charts for and it. And I'm thinking talk about that, that some of those caps are not included in a standard cap kit. Yeah, maybe. Yes, he said tell you bye. So, so we'll we'll have to look that one up, Headless Horseman. But um, I, it seems like there are some caps that are associated with the Hula effect on the K7000, and there may be one or two that do not come in your standard cap kit, if I remember correctly. So um, I'll look that up, 
And if you want to shoot me an email on that, just so to remind me, questions at arcaderpreptips.com to remind me, and I'll get that back to you, Headless Horseman. Um, like I said, that's not... Man, I wish I could remember it right now. But it's just it's tough off the top of your head sometimes. But um, it does seem like there are some caps and maybe some other some other components are associated with that hula effect. Because it does sound like, like what Tim mentioned, it sounds like it's starting to hula. Maybe you're not getting the full effect yet, but you're getting it a little bit. And so that could be the start of those of those uh, capacitors failing. And here's the deal, Tim. Sometimes you get bad capacitors and cap kits. That happens a lot. And so yeah, that's what I was. I was going to say, we went through a wave of that at Chuck E. Cheese. It's like, I know I re redid this monitor six months ago or a year ago. Why am I having to redo it now? And then you remember we had that thing where it was talking about a lot of bad caps were coming from overseas um, during the 90s, early 2000s and stuff. So just even some of the caps we buy from trusted people, a lot of those caps have been sitting in a warehouse or something for a long time. So over time, they do uh, not, you know, you can't always get fresh caps, I guess is the best way to say right. it. Right, and so um, that it could be that you just got, you got a batch that may be failing at this point, and it may, even if it's been a couple of years since you did the cap kit, it could just be that one of the, one of the cap kits in, or caps in the bunch was bad. But shoot me an email, and I can, um, like I said, I'll look up all those components or those caps for you and the other components that are associated with Hula, and we can get you fixed up, so... Uh, Diogo says, I am grateful for the answer. My wife translated, I am a fan of the channel and I really admire you. I am always following and dreaming how good it must be to work to work with um, with it. I think he means games in general. So uh, there you go, Tim. So let us continue on here. Oh, he, now Headless, Headless Horseman said the cap kit was a few years ago. So, um, yeah, okay. so I do think that there's at least one cap uh, that affects the hula that doesn't come in the standard cap kit. So I'll look that up. And like I said, shoot me an email. Just to remind me, because Tim, sometimes I forget between <laughs> between now and when I'm supposed to think of something. So, but I think we're caught mm -hmm. up on the live chat right now, Tim. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to our next question, and that is from Brad. And he says, "Good afternoon. I need help repairing a screen on a Golden T97 arcade game. I just received it. Everything worked the first time I powered it up. Then I went to move it from the wall, and now only lights and sound work. I get nothing on my screen." Any help you can give me will be great. Do you have someone that might be able to fix it? And generally, what is the rate to do this type of repair? Thank you for any help you can give Brad. So, Tim, we have um, Brad here, and everything was working on his Golden T97 game, and then all of a sudden he moved it, which is like the cardinal sin of arcade yeah. <laughs> of arcades. Um, we tell people all the time, don't move That's right, more, exactly. Right? He moved it away from the wall. And now only lights and sound work. So he's not getting any picture on the screen. And so um, what are some ideas here for Brad that you can that you can tell him on his Golden T97 game? Well, the fact that it happened right after that, we know that there's some um, there's a short somewhere. Sure. Or a cold solder joint. Those are some things that we talk about a lot, uh, especially on his neck board. It could have just came loose a little bit. So you can make sure that's plugged in good. Make sure all your other connectors like your jammer harness and any, anything like that, or your main harness, I should say, is connected good and, and things, because any little movement sometimes will cause that. But most of the time, um, you know, it's just simple um, that you have to take, turn the chassis over and touch up all those solder joints, especially where the video lines come in and so forth, because that's where a cold, any little cold solder joint 
can cause that. Absolutely, Tim. And so um, that's what I'm going to recommend here too. And you know, Tim, this is a, a Michael tip: is that you know, anytime you get a chassis in for repair, you know, touch up all the solder, all the solder joints, and make sure everything's making a good connection. Refresh all the connections on the monitors. So, Tim, that's what we're going to go to first. The fact that it was working before you moved it means it's probably a short somewhere either in the wiring to the monitor or on the monitor chassis. Start off this repair by checking all the wires to go to the monitor chassis and make sure that they are connected properly. If all of the wires are making a good connection, remove the monitor chassis from your cabinet and start touching up any solder joints that may look cold, cracked, and or broken. If it still doesn't power on, check our post and video on troubleshooting games that are playing blind. Tim, you have anything else here for Brad? That's pretty much, I think that pretty much no. runs the spectrum. Now, it's possible It's possible that a component failed in the move. I mean, that's kind of un uncommon, but it's possible. And so he may have a, um, he may have blown a fuse, he may have a busted hot, he may have a busted flyback, but the troubleshooting games that are playing blind video should help him on that, right? Yeah. So there we go. So um, hopefully answers your question. Oh, um, uh, YouTube Punk says, has Brad tried moving it back? So, <laughs> so um, that may—that's a good question. I don't know. YouTube Punk may try moving it back to where it was. Maybe that'll fix it. Tim, it's kind of like you talk about with the skee ball dance, right? Right. <laughs> if only it were that simple. Sometimes. But anyway, Brad, hopefully answers your question, and good luck getting your Golden T97 back up and running. I really do think, Tim, in Brad's case, it is a connection somewhere or a cold solder joint. Very com very common in the case where you have a monitor just go out. So. Okay, Tim, well, that about wraps it up. We have kind of our questions from YouTube that we like to do, just kind of like a... Um, a smattering of questions that we get from people. So we have three that we're kind of we're going to do rapid fire like we normally do here at the end of the question portion okay. of the of the show. So let's go ahead and talk about those, Tim. Now the first one is from Fred, and Fred says, "I have a Pac-Man game. The I have a Pac-Man game the, that quit giving credits. I think he means that he put the but that um, no credits with yeah. coin or by pushing credit button inside cabinet. Any suggestions? Thank you. So that's the first one. There is that we have a Pac-Man game not giving credits from fred christopher says we have a galaga game that's playing blind we watched your youtube video but no luck on this any suggestions and then we have philip that says great videos a lot of skills shown all the time great job on the videos i have a super sprint screen that won't stop scrolling i recap the chassis still three screens and not just one so tim we've got these three questions here from fred christopher and philip and we're going to take these one at a time so let's go ahead and go to fred's first he has a pac-man game tim that was giving credits and is no longer giving credits what should fred do to get the credits flowing again well, your credit switch requires two wires, and what generally happens is just one of the wires comes either undone at where the switch is. I mean, you have we have seen a bad switch. You can take a meter and put on continuity and see if the switch beeps every time that you move it. You have three different plugs. Uh, you got a normally open, normally closed, and a, and a common, and uh, two of those should be hooked up, the normally open and the common, that way as it switch is triggered. So sometimes uh, it's just a loose wire at the switch itself. Now if that's not the case then it could actually be a bad switch so you can check that with your meter or it's in the wiring from there all the way to your board. So you're going to have to use your meter, check your wire. More than likely though the fact that it started and it just quit it's probably not a chip on the board that's the most uncommon thing although that is a slight possibility. 
Um, I would definitely check my wiring first. Sounds good. Now, Tim, the next one's from Christopher, and he has a gal that's playing blind, but he tried all the tips that we have in our video on troubleshooting games that are playing blind. So what more can Christopher try on his Galaga monitor? Well, you know, we, we do go through just about everything that it could possibly be, um, but one thing we don't know is what kind of monitor does he actually have. That might help us a little bit more. Um, but again, if, it, if you tried all the stuff, check your wiring, make sure your voltage is going up there, that you're getting 120 to your monitor, or 115, 110, you know, up in that range. And then, um, I really don't know, if, if he tried all, you know, we replaced the hot, we replaced, uh, we didn't do the flyback in that one, did we? Uh, yes, we but, did, we did the know, flyback, but I mean, the thing I, is, is that... We did literally everything it just about possibly could be, except for maybe some diodes or something, uh, so, but we talked about that, I think, so uh, what might help, though, if he'll write us back and tell us exactly which monitor he has, uh, that might would help some, too. Absolutely, and Tim, you know, I've had this happen before where a monitor's just black, blank and all it was was a cold solder joint on the, on the high voltage line. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as that. So you can't always blame components, Tim. You have to make sure that those components are getting the, a good connection through to the rest of the board, and that's very important as well. And we don't, we don't mention it often because it's so rare, but it has happened. He could have a, a short and bad tube. Yes. So we have on the, another video we have about checking a tube. He needs to make sure this tube is good because you can have all the other chassis parts right. If you got a bad tube, you got just it's not going to work. It's going to play blind just like that. Exactly. And then Philip Tim was the last one here that we had, and he had a super sprint, and it won't stop scrolling. He's seeing three screens and not one. He even recapped the chassis, still seeing the three screens. So what's going on with Philip's super sprint screen? Well, the super sprint is the medium resolution, and anytime we see three identical screens like that, that's exactly, his resolution is probably off. He probably has a uh, standard res uh, chassis or monitor hooked up into what is supposed to be a medium res. So it's not going to ever look quite right if it, that's the case. Now, uh, some of these monitors, he may have ordered a tri-sync monitor, Tim, that has medium res right. support, but you have to make sure that that monitor is set to medium res mode, correct? Exactly. Usually I'll have a switch on there or you plug in one place for standard res and one place for medium res. Um, he may just have it plugged in the wrong place. Exactly. So um, that's definitely something to check though, Philip, on that. So Tim, let, with all that in mind, let me go ahead and show all of these different uh, answers that you gave. Fred, make sure that the wiring between your credit switches, buttons, and the board is making a good connection. Use the continuity check on your meter. Make sure that it is actually making a good connection. Christopher, um, on your playing blind, you know, what is what monitor chassis is in your Galaga? Is it G07, K4600, K4900? Those are the common ones. But let us know. We'll try to help you out because every monitor, Tim, has a little bit different power supply setup, correct? Correct. And so while we kind of give you the general overview and troubleshooting games that are playing blind, uh, we're not very specific on on uh, on the individual things, just kind of give you the general. And so if you want something more specific to your particular issue, let us know which model power, or which model modern chassis you have, and we'll try to help you out. And like we mentioned before, cannot be stated enough, touch up all the solder joints, make sure that you've got good connections, and um, check your B-plus voltage, that way you'll know if you're getting high voltage, that's very important as well. Uh, Philip, make sure that you have uh, make sure that you have a medium resolution monitor installed, just like Tim mentioned. Um, Super Sprint is a medium resolution game, and Tim, uh, the dead giveaway is when you see like three 
uh, three of a picture or something like that. Right. That does seem to be Me, more of a, oh. a sync issue than it does to be like a, um, a hold issue, for instance, correct? Exactly. So, I mean, that, so the fact that you're getting the three images on the screen makes us think that maybe you have the wrong resolution on your game. It's possible that your game could be out of sync, but typically when we see out of sync, Tim, you can't see anything. You don't recognize anything on the screen, correct? That is correct. So um, the fact that you're getting kind of three identical images on the screen makes us think probably wrong resolution monitor. If you have a tri-sync monitor that supports medium res, just make sure that that's a medium res too and you should be good to go. So Tim, I think that covers all of those questions pretty much. Yeah, good. Yeah. I want to call that done. So um, <laughs> we're about to get to your tech tip, but before we do, Tim, I'm going to check over here with the live chat. Um, Danny asks, is there any place to buy a new Golden T wiring harness for my Golden T Classic board? Tim, I think the Classic board uses JAMA, as far as I know. If it, if it, I'm pretty sure it does for most of it. It may have a VGA out for video, but I'm pretty sure it's a JAMA game. So if that's the case, you should just be able to get a JAMA harness, and you're just going to have to wire it up. Correct. So, um, but if you're looking for a specific one, you may try contacting Incredible Technologies, Tim. They may be able to hook you up with a Golden T specific one, correct? Yeah. So, incredible technology, still in business, still making yeah, still golden tea. What are you gonna say? Yeah, we forget. You know, that not everybody's out of business. I hope they're still in, they're still in business through all this COVID stuff. But they they were. Yeah. Um, Louis also posted a um, he posted a link to a golden tea wiring harness on eBay as well. So um, that's there. Oh. Uh, let's see. Oh, D- Diogo wants to ask one more question. I want to set up an arcade with a Neo Geo Neo Geo plate. I have everything here, plate, tube, monitor, and isolation transformer, but I don't know how to install. So I assume by plate, Timmy, probably means board. Um, I'm going to go with that. And so um, if you have the board, you're going to need a Neo Geo wiring harness. Neo Geo used a modified version of the JAMA harness, and there are places who sell specifically a Neo Geo-style JAMA harness, or you can just order the uh, JAMA harness we recommend from Holland Computers and just make sure you wire it up according to the Neo Geo standard. So those are your two options. What you want is a Neo Geo JAMA harness or you want to wire up a JAMA harness that has all of the wires filled that you can wire to the Neo Geo standard. So those are going to be the two options for you, Diogo. Try that out and uh, let us know if you need additional help with that. Um, Let's see. The isolation transformer, is he important? Uh, Can I ride without it? What would be the consequences? So the isolation transformer is very important, right, Tim? Right. Well, it depends on your monitor, how new it is. Some of them now have built-in isolation transformers, but otherwise, if you plug it in and it needs one, it's not going to work. It's In fact, it's going to damage and probably hurt your monitor. Yes, exactly. Blow the fuse for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, there's no harm in hooking it up, right, Tim? You can take a monitor that has an isolation transformer built on the board and use a, an external isolation transformer with it and it still works, right? Yeah. But if you use a monitor that requires an isolation transformer and you don't hook it up, you're going to be replacing yeah. some diodes on your on your monitor chassis. Right. <laughs> and that's from experience, right, Tim? Yeah. So there we go. Um, so I think I think that covers that. Michael does say hello, Tim and Jonathan. So hello, Michael. How are you? Thanks for joining hey, us. So I think that'll about do it for the um, the live chat. So Tim, with that in mind, let us go ahead and get to your tech tip for this month. And I'll go ahead and let you take it from here. I'll put up the slide. So here we go. Okay. Yeah, put up the slide, John. This is something that we saw, and uh, we haven't bought one yet or used it, but it just seemed like a really cool thing. What it is, it's an image adjustment, um, monitor adjustment module for JAMA boards. So 
if I understand this right, John, you plug the JAMA board in there and it allows you to make the image adjustments um, before the picture gets to the monitor. Correct. And, and yeah, we haven't, about, we haven't used one of these, but um, it seems like they've been popping up lately, Tim. And I, you know, I kind of tossed it to you. I said, have you seen this? And you're like, no, it looks pretty cool. Let's talk about it. So um, they run about $50. But yeah, so what you do is you plug your JAMA board into the harness end of this, and then you plug your JAMA harness onto the pin end of this. And um, there's an on and off that red button is the on and off on it, Tim. And then uh -huh. the other two are adjustment knobs for right and left and up and down. So you can kind of pre-adjust your, your signal coming from your board before it gets to the monitor. Right. Which may help because, I mean, sometimes the monitor adjustments don't go as far as you want them to, right? Yeah, or what I was really thinking, John, this would be great for like a test bench. You know, something to use, um, get your monitor on your test bench all lined up and stuff because... You know, you swap out different boards and different things. Sometimes everything gets a little off, but I think this would be a great tool to have. And I thought $50 was a good price, too. Absolutely. I mean, considering what it is, and if anybody actually gives it a try, let us know how good it is. Because, I mean, Tim, like you said, we just started seeing this pop up recently, so it's not like it's been around very long. But um, for those of you guys who may be having trouble getting your JAMA board image to dial in properly on your monitor, this may give you a little bit more leeway in your adjustment to where you're able to get that picture to fit perfectly on your screen. And so, um, again, it's not something we've personally tried, but I do think it's cool, right, Tim? Yeah. So, um, you know, and we have the link down below. We also have it here on the uh, slide so you guys can check it out and let us know. So, um, anyway, Tim, anything else about your tech tip? No, that's all. Okay, sounds good. So there you go. That's uh, Tim's tech tip, the image position adjustment module for JAMA boards. And if you go to the AliExpress link, you'll see um, a little bit more information about it. But you can also see this image we posted over to the side where it actually shows the picture being shifted around based on uh, this adjustment board. So pretty cool stuff, I think. Always new stuff coming out, Tim, it seems like. There's always new yeah. new um, little arcade things and all sorts of stuff. So. Okay, Tim, well, um, the next thing we're getting to is the discussion section. And the first thing we get to has actually changed a little bit in the last, what, three hours? Yeah, exactly. It's all about a live show, people. That's what happens. And so um, uh, I'll go ahead and put the slide up and read it to you guys. But um, there's a petition to Governor Abbott to establish arcade opening guidelines in Texas. And you can see the petition there. And I'll read the slide. As many of you know, we are based in Texas. Unfortunately, arcades across the state have not been allowed to open under the governor's current plan, and no timetable has been given for when they will be able to open again. Please consider signing this petition to encourage our state government to establish guidelines for arcades that will allow them to open back up in our state. Thank you. But Tim, what we found out just three hours ago is that arcades will be allowed to open a week from today at 50% capacity. So the petition worked. Thank you to everybody who signed it. Um, but Tim, before we found this information out, we did an interview with Eric and Rusty from the Question and Answer podcast, where they actually discussed what they're doing in the midst of Governor Abbott basically not taking any, any action. And so Tim, we recorded this about a week ago. But of course, yeah. they're going to, you know, uh, some of this information will change. Not, I mean, not too much of it, but uh, now that we have the go ahead to open the arcades here in the state. Um, but uh, here's the deal, Tim. They're open right now. 
So uh, even though they're not technically allowed to open, uh, they're open right now. And so in this interview, we just kind of talked to them about what that means to them and and, uh, then just cover a couple other things. So uh, now we did have some technical glitches and there is a little bit of a delay between their video and their audio because, Tim, we're still trying to learn this whole Skype thing if that wasn't evident already with the crash that we had earlier. But um, uh, there, so there are a little, some little hiccups and things, but for the most part, the audio came out well, so you should you should be able to hear everything and enjoy it. But I'm going to go ahead and play that now, and uh, then we'll come back and finish the rest of the discussion portion of the show. So uh, here we go. Here's our interview with Eric and Rusty, who are the host of the Question and Answer podcast and also part of the ownership group of the Game Preserve in Houston, te- Texas. So enjoy this video, guys, and we'll see you on the other side. Well, hello, everybody, and we're really excited to have some special guests with us tonight for this interview portion of the live show. Of course, I've got Tim with me, as always, but we also have Rusty and Eric from the Question and Answer podcast here. And you guys may also know that they are part of the ownership group that owns the Game Preserve down in Houston, Texas. Now, there's some things that have been interesting about arcades here in Texas in that there really hasn't been any plan set forth by the governor as to when arcades can open, but there have been some arcades that have been opening anyway. And so that's what we're going to talk to them about right now. Um, Eric and, and Rusty, how are you guys first of all? Are you safe? How are things going down in Houston? Well, so far so good. And by the way, if you've listened to the podcast, you can match this face up to Eric. And this one hey, this is Rusty. I've, I've been told I have a face for radio, so I don't know what they mean by that. But uh, but all has been well as far as personal life. I think you're, you're, you've been doing well as yeah. well. Yeah, we've had a couple of one of our owners has already had the the COVID-19. He was already uh, and uh, we won't mention names just because we don't need to. But he has it. He recovered from it. Everything's good. And but uh, everybody's family's well. We're all good here. All our employees are really well. We're we're lucky. We're we're opening back up so we can play our employees again. So let's just start off with what are you guys doing considering everything that's been going on during this difficult time? We know obviously that you guys were closed for a while, and we also know that you're open now. So just kind of give us an overview about everything that's gone on over the last three months or so that you kind of had to deal with all of the COVID-19 stuff? Well, of course, this all started, what, mid-March, and everything was so much up in the air at that time. We knew that something was happening. Nobody really knew how severe it was. We were monitoring every day. Are we going to be able to stay open? Is it going to cause a problem? And ultimately, it was the county that said, everybody shut down and at that time Harris County yeah our, our particular county and at that time we you know oh maybe this is a week maybe this is two weeks yeah. we we had no idea how long this would happen and uh, it just kept going and going and bills kept coming yeah. and coming yeah. and coming and uh, you know here we are some 60 days later and we, if you, I don't know that you can see behind us, but we are actually open now, uh, open for business. And uh, Rusty, do you want to expand on it anymore? Yeah, one of the things that we wanted to make sure of, whenever they shut us down, uh, we actually shut down in stages. This location in NASA is in Harris County, and our other location, the Woodlands, is in Montgomery County. So Harris County shut down first, and Montgomery County followed after that. And as Eric said, we didn't know how long. And what we did was we told our employees, well, we have to be closed. We're going to be closed for a while. 
But we kept everybody on payroll, and we kept our payroll full. And I told our employees, we will keep our payroll full as long as we can. And we did. We went through about a month and a half, and we applied for the Paycheck Protection Program loans. And uh, we were hoping that we would get the loans in the first round. And when we didn't get the loans in the first round, we weren't able to get in in time to get the loans in the first round. It was that point I had to furlough our employees. And that that really just tore us up. We really didn't like that at all. And, um, but it didn't. We were just out of money. It just, you know. And um, then the when the second round started, we um, we jumped back in. We were able to get in. We were able to get a small amount through that loan. And we uh, we then since have hired back. Well, to, we've got all our staff back. We back and we're actually two. Of, yeah, two of our employees decided they didn't want to come back because of health concerns, which we perfectly understand. And so we're actually looking. One person we've already hired. The other person we're just we're starting to look for people now. So we're we're back up. We're full swing. We're ready to go. We are open. We want people to come out and play. Sounds great. And and we're so glad that you guys were able are able to to bring everybody back. That's really great. And we're also glad to hear that whoever the owner was that had the COVID nineteen that they made a full recovery. And we know that most of the people are recovering from this. So it's just glad. We're just glad to know that uh, whoever it was, they, they're back to normal at this point. Now, obviously, guys, we know a lot of arcades are in the same boat that you guys have been in, and it's really been difficult. And I know that you guys did some merchandise sales and some other sales. How did those go? Did those help you stay afloat during during this period? It went well. I don't know how well this is going to show up. I guess I can use good. my – can you, can, you, can you see oh, yeah, it? Yeah, we okay, got it. We see. see. Yeah, we can see it. Okay, so that is the, uh, the, the friend of ours that did all the artwork for us for the building for both locations is, uh, did, uh, Blake did this and this is a kind of a taking the theme of Dr. Mario and you see the little COVID, uh, <laughs> bad guy down here, uh, the, just what the doctor ordered. So we, we had the sales of that shirt and it, it did very well. Now, now, you know, of course, we're not going to discuss numbers as far as what our bills were versus what the t-shirt. Needless to say, the uh, the bills were really stacking up, and you know it, it was a lot of money. That you know, as time goes by, you just you it's so many things you don't really think about. It's, it goes way beyond just rent. You know, you have insurance payments, uh, CPA pay. It just it just so much. So we were you know big big hole we were in. So the t-shirt sales helped out, and some of our members decided to keep paying their monthly uh, monthly dues and that really helped out a lot but once again it's it, it was an enormous it's an enormous amount of money to keep something like this open two locations to keep two locations uh, going so that's why we just while we had to open back up and open back up soon yeah that was my question Eric although I understand some of the listeners might not understand can you tell them how it works how that people pay a monthly due? And how that was, how y'all, y'all normally get income. How does it work? Sure. And as far as Rusty, you probably know these numbers immediately. So I'm going to pass this to you to tell, say it. Okay. So we, we came up with the idea of making our arcade kind of like a gym membership. People pay on a monthly basis and, uh, you can get in, you play all day long for 15 bucks. Um, but if you can buy a membership, a single person can buy a membership for $35, and they can come all month long for 35 bucks, play as much as they want, and they get five guest passes. 
so they can bring five friends with them throughout the month. So it's rather, it's a really good deal. You know, it's less than a dollar a day plus five dollars, you know, plus guest passes or a little more than a dollar a day. My math sucks. <laughs> the, uh, I should, I probably shouldn't be running this company. Anyway, the, uh, the, uh, the family, then we have a family membership, and a family membership is basically double everything for the individual. The family membership is 70 bucks a month, and you get 10 guest passes. And families are so dynamic these days. Uh, what we consider a family is everybody that lives in the same household. So it, we, we just, we, and we, and the, what's unique about our company is we trust all our customers. If they come in and said, these are all the people in my house, rock and roll. Those are all the people in your house. And that's how we pay it. And uh, we also have reoccurring. And that's what we were talking about, how some of our membership left there is on. You can buy one month for those numbers that I quoted, but you can actually put it on reoccurring where we just auto bill you. And it's only like 25 bucks for an individual and 50 for a family. So it's very affordable. And we have had those same numbers for six years now. And we, awesome. we, we thought about trying to raise those numbers because of all this. And we've seen some places where people, hey, you know, add a COVID-19, you know, up cards and all that. We're not doing any of that. And we're not going to change our prices. We talked about that. We're not going to change our prices. We're going to keep everything just like it is because our members deserve that. And some of our members, like I said, even though we were closed, they still did it. We have the best members. They are so awesome. That's really great to hear. I'm glad that you guys met some of the people continue to support you during the, during this time. And, you know, I have a, a good friend who owns a gym. And when this is all going down, he said, uh, if you don't continue your fees, there may not be a gym when you get back was kind of his thing. So uh, but I'm glad that you guys have been able to weather this storm so far. So, I mean, what do you, how do you guys feel about how the whole closing situation went down and then now with the reopening? I mean, how does that feel being on your side of it? Like, I mean, as far as having to close down and then now with the reopening, especially since the reopening has been, I mean, faster here in Texas than in some places, but still kind of feel slow in comparison to uh, where we were, you know, three months ago. So, Yeah, well, it's a challenge. And there's a couple of challenges that we have here. Uh, first of all is the the structure of you know how really how really bad is this how are you really contributing to it things of this nature that's always uh, you know there's a lot of opinions out there and, and right now that's mostly what we see is opinions and uh, because hard facts are just hard to come by but the biggest thing that we're trying to do is we're trying to and we try to conform to everything that the government has laid out for us and thus being down for the two months and Whenever they started opening back up, we were listening to Governor Abbott's speech, and he said on one day, uh, just before Memorial Day holiday, I think it was on a Monday, he gave his speech, and during his televised speech, he said that uh, bars, entertainment venues, and all like venues would be open. So we were just excited. That's when I jumped out, grabbed my other business partner up in the woodlands and said, let's go make a video. We are reopening, and away we went. And then the next day, the actual orders came out, and it opened up everything, but then started listing out arcades can't be open. Or if you have a video, you have a restaurant with arcades in it, you have to close it off. Or a bar with arcades, you have to close off the arcades. And it's like, it didn't really make sense. Now, maybe... And, and I, I, you know, it's, uh, I, w I want to question. I always question the government, you know. So, but, you know, we try to comply. And looking at thinking, well, maybe what it is, it's about 
the touch and the surfaces. Maybe it's on the surfaces. So one of the things that we did when we opened up is we knew that we wanted to make sure that people are safe. We want to keep our people safe. So what we thought, well, if it's a surface and they're worried about touching things, maybe that's why it's about the arcades is you've got to touch every machine that somebody else touched. What we do is we provide the disinfectant wipes. We went out, and they are hard to find, but we went out and find disinfectant wipes, and we have them stationed around the arcade. And we tell people when they come in, it's your choice. It's your personal choice as to whether whether you want to wear things, whether you don't, whether you want to wipe down the machines or not, but we've made the wipes available. If you feel like you need to, pull a wipe, wipe off the controls, then play the game. And then that way you know it's disinfected when you go to play. And also, as far as a personal space, you know, you've got all these machines close to each other. You can't turn off every other machine. That doesn't make sense. So what we tell people is we said when they come in is we tell them, hey, just personal space. Everybody has the right to personal space. And if you want to play a game next to someone that's playing, simply ask them, hey, do you mind if I play this game or not? And if they say no, go play a different game then come back. But And you have the same right. If somebody comes up and asks you, hey, can I play this game, and you say no, you're not being rude. You're just keeping your personal space, and that's your personal choice. And that's where we, we really put a lot of emphasis on personal choice and personal space and people's freedom to, to do what they need to do. Tim, I was going to – do you have anything for him? Oh, well, I just – uh, you know, we our, our thoughts and prayers are with you guys. And, of course, you know, I lost my job at Gaddy's, and they reopened um, the biggest arcade here in Tyler, basically wrote the governor a letter about a month ago and said, I'm opening, come get me. You know, and I know you guys didn't want to be that way. You didn't want to be like, but at the same time, I think as long as you're practicing social distancing and people are getting the wipes and doing, you're doing all you can. But at some point, we all got to go back to work. And uh, people are play, and us gamers have 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 to have games to play. It's um, I think when the uh, kind of what Trump may have talked about the risk, people even getting just depression and mental state. You know, I think that we need to get uh, somewhat open. And we, you know, my fear is, and I want to get you guys' opinion on this: How will things change from now on? Do you think we'll ever go back to the way it was? Or will this always be? Will you always have disinfectant water? You know, it's really a, a tough question to answer. And and as Rusty said previously, you know, it's, we're, we're, everybody's full of opinions, and nobody's right, nobody's wrong, or everybody's right and everybody's wrong. However, you want to look at it. I don't know, Tim. Um, it if a vaccine comes out, I would think that everything's just going to be back as it would be. Perhaps uh, it's really tough to to say what it's going to be. What we do know is that our attendance here, our customer count, is not what we want it to be. Right. And is that going to slowly change over time? Will it? Will people just get so sick of being at home that they're going to come out? You know, it's it's tough. But we uh, it, it has been a slow start, but we hope it starts picking up. And I think Tim to. to Back to the point of your question, I, I my personal opinion is in about two three months, I think everybody's just going to be back like it was before. Because even if, as Eric said, even if they come out with a vaccine, we've got people out there that don't believe in vaccine. They're not going to take, vaccine. Right. so it's always going to be here. 
and we're always going to have this. The only reason we flattened the curve and we shut everything down was so that our medical facilities could be ready. Our medical facilities are not only they are like at 38% capacity right now because they're not doing anything. They're way over ready. The ship that was sent to New York packed up and left because they didn't need it. Houston spent a huge amount of money putting up a personal, a uh, pop-up hospital in the middle of the stadium parking lot. It stayed for about two weeks, had no patients, shut it all down, and left. What it did do was to prove that they had the ability to do that. So I think what's going to end up, for me, what I'd like to see happen is that everybody finally realizes, hey, this isn't as bad as it they thought it was going to be. It's good that we flatten the curve. We know we're ready now. So let's all get back to normal. I hate the term the new normal. Right. I want I want just normal. There is no new normal. There's something different or there's the normal. I want to stay the normal. So uh, kind of wrapping up here, there are a lot of arcades across the country that are still closed because they're in areas that are, you know, obviously that don't have rules to allow them to open. And so from y'all's perspective of being closed for so long now open back up, I mean, what advice would you give to the other arcade owners out there that are still trying to weather the closing and what to do to reopen? Advice? Have more money. <laughs> no, that you know, it's it's everybody's everybody's situation as far as owners go is going to be unique. So it's really hard to say. But what I have noticed is other states. Uh, every time I get on Facebook and I was, you know, I'm in so many of the arcade groups, and a lot of places have reopened, and the ones that haven't are scheduled on, you know, within the next week or so. So if anything, when Tech was previously ahead of other states as far as reopening now for our business if we're behind uh so you know i i think uh i think we're seeing probably half of the country has half of the states have the ability as far as arcades go to uh reopen either now or very soon so but as far as how other arcades are to, going to deal with it you know it's it's a product of money yeah, you know, and we did have somebody, I did have a gentleman call me from an arcade up in the northeast side of Texas, and he was concerned about how he was going to open and, and wanted to know how we were doing it. So we talked on the phone, and there was a couple of things that I told him, and the same thing that I told our guys here. Somebody comes up and shows up wants from some government entity that wants to shut me down. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to fire up my Facebook Live, and then while I'm on Facebook Live, then I'm going to ask, okay, what is your name and who are you with and what are you trying to do? And I want them to make sure that they're not doing this in a vacuum, that we make it as publicly as we can, we as public as we can. We want people to see what's going on and why we're being closed down. And then when they tell me they want me to be closed, I'm going to ask why, specifically, why am I being closed? Just because somebody doesn't think we are or do you think we're being unsafe? Here's what we're doing. How are we un more unsafe than others? Because they basically do have the rights. And basically the way they do that, it's a licensing issue. They can close down the, our occupancy or they can take that license away. And um, I've talked to several police officers of different communities, and uh, all of them told me that exact thing. This is a licensing issue, and we're not wanting to get involved in that. So I think the fear of being open is a little overrated, <laughs> but uh, doesn't mean they can't show up at my door. But if they do, we're going to make sure that the world sees what we're being told to do or not. Sounds. Do. Well, it's just 
it's just, you know, people are frustrated here, like the church I go to and things like that, because you go to Walmart and it's packed, and they're not practicing social distancing or anything. People are meeting out in parking lots and parks. Uh, you know, as long as you're doing it safe, and it sounds like you guys are, you're doing a great job, by the way, so why Thank not? You. And it, if anything, you're doing a service to the people who need to get out of the house and need to, like I said, if nothing else, for the mental uh, stability. So we applaud you guys for your efforts and things, and we certainly hope that maybe by listening to this, people will get over the fear and come on out, know that you are cleaning things, and help you guys support you guys uh, by being there, and financially, of course. Well, thank you for talking to us. And um, on a side note, do we have do you have any arcade related uh, repair questions for us? <laughs> um, I, I think at this point yeah. in the live show, we will have answered them all. But uh, we will have some for you if you guys want to do another podcast pretty soon. So, are you up for that? Oh, of course. Well, we actually have one half recorded from up here talking about many of the things we were just talking about. What we're going to add to it, and then uh, it's, yeah, we yeah. had we had a uh, guest on here with us. But uh, or do we do this the other way around? Do I get to ask you guys a <laughs> arcade repair question? Uh, and with that, we have to go. Wait, we'll see you guys. <laughs> Uh, of course, if you want to, you can. Um, but I think we probably need to wrap it up, guys, just because we are um, we're kind of running into that time. Um, but uh, we want to thank you for joining us, kind of telling us how things are going down in Houston. And we do look forward to hearing another podcast from you, hopefully very soon. But um, we're going to continue to wish you guys the best of luck with uh, the Game Preserve and hoping really soon that uh, there's going to be more people there to play all of those wonderful games you guys have. I need to. I bought one of the shirts that Rusty's wearing, so I'm going to have to come down with my day pass and, uh, oh, and check thank it out you at very some point. Much. And are the, Rusty, are the shirts still available on they the are. website? They are still available. We are, had a mix-up on our shipping that the 2XLs. We sell a lot of 2XLs and 3XLs and 4XLs. I don't know what that <laughs> says about the, the pinball guys, but, you know. I was about to say, I bought Tim at one. I, I didn't buy Tim. I bought the uh, Dr. Mario one for me, but I bought Tim another one. Which one did I get you, Tim? I can't remember. I don't, yeah, I don't oh, okay, yeah, it's here somewhere. It I'll get it to you. But uh, anyway, guys, we want to thank yeah. you for joining <laughs> us, and uh, we look forward to, like I said, hearing another podcast very soon. Take care, guys, and thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Okay, Tim. Well, that was the interview with Eric and Rusty. Hopefully, it came out okay, guys. Like I said, we had a couple of technical glitches, and we're still kind of work, working out some things. And uh, I want to thank Rexer Show for uh, giving us the um, the tip to use maybe a different software next next time. We'll definitely try that. Just trying different things. And uh, Tim, we kind of had to adapt on the fly because you know we've always done the live show here in <laughs> at, at my house in the um, in the game room here. And so I mean, it was the first time we really had to. Uh, to do remote was when we had you and now I'm like well let's try to bring somebody else in remote and so it was more like we were kind of playing with the technology so uh, hopefully you guys got most of the interview in there but um, you know we tried our best to, to get it all in there but uh, but anyway we're still playing with the tech guys so hopefully one of these days we'll get it down right Tim? Yeah one day. Yeah, I don't know when but it'll be someday hopefully so but uh, guys we do have a couple other discussion things but first off i do want to thank eric and rusty for coming on the show and giving us an update on the game preserve tim um obviously it's a tough spot but we did hear today like i said that our governor here in texas is going to allow our kids to open at 50 percent capacity starting a week from today which would be um july 10th and so we want to wish all of the arcades luck yeah. as they go and they start opening back up again so um hopefully uh, they'll be able to restart their businesses and get everything rolling right tim 
Yep, and it's on June 10th, John. You said July. Oh, sorry, June 10th. You see, I'm trying to move things forward, Tim. I think it's already July. June 10th, yeah, so a week from today, like I mentioned. So there you go. But uh, And uh, Rusty's here. Thank you for having us, Tim and Jonathan. Absolutely anytime. And, uh, again, I want to reiterate that we want to see another question and answer podcast from Rusty and Eric very soon. Right, Tim? Yeah. Oh, I, and Or we'd love to have them on here one night, too. Absolutely. Maybe if we can get all this tech stuff down, we'll figure it out. But uh, anyway, guys, uh, it was an interesting talk with them and just what they're going through. And we know, Tim, there are a lot of arcades throughout this country that are going through tough times. There are a lot that are still not allowed to open and uh, just want to continue to support arcades where we can. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute. So then, Tim, uh, one of the other things that came up this month is that it is Pac-Man's 40th anniversary. So, um, wow. so yeah, Pac-Man. So um, Pac-Man, the original arcade video, or the original video game star, celebrates 40th anniversary this year. And this is from Attractions Magazine, Tim. We have the link there. Pac-Man was born on May 22nd, 1980 and immediately rose in popularity, first in video art game arcades and then in pop culture. Pac-Man was truly the first breakout superstar of our industry, said Ross Borden, Vice President of Marketing at Bandai Namco Entertainment America, Inc. While 2020 has been a trying year for everyone, we hope that fans embody Pac-Man's drive to always move forward, to never back down from adversity, and come out from any challenge on top. Tim, sounds just like Pac-Man, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm so there you go. Um, uh, so Pac-Man's 40th anniversary. Happy 40th birthday, Pac-Man. And Tim, Namco Bandai is going to be doing a lot of uh, different promotional things for the 40th anniversary. You'll be, see those things coming up soon. So, okay. Let's see what else here. Tim, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, and as many of you may know, Stern Pinball announced a new pinball machine, Tim, and it is based on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles television show and it looks like the one tim that i grew up with from the late 80s early 90s and so we're going to go ahead and throw up the slide here real quick but uh you'll see here it says stern pinball announces new teenage Mutant ninja turtles pinball machine and you can go to sternpinball.com slash game slash tmnt to get all the details and and to get better pictures than what we have here but teenage Mutant ninja turtles began as a comic book morphed into a hit animated show and has grown into a beloved and iconic global pop culture phenomenon the Pro, Premium, and Limited Edition models all feature distinct hand-drawn art, a high-speed magnetic spinning pizza disc. And Tim, um, I'm kind of fond of that because they have one of those in the Tron Premium, uh, which is really cool. I love the little spinning disc thing. It's got three flippers, three high-speed ramps, and a hidden ninja training ball lock area. The original 1987 theme music complements the action with custom video scenes and events created exclusively for this pinball experience. Tim, what do you think about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball machine from Stern Pinball, just from what you've seen so far? Well, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of a remake, because I, I like the, the other one, but I don't know. You know, it's a kind of an interesting theme. Um, I mean, I, I like it, but then again, I'm wondering how popular is it going to be at this point in time, you know, without... Is there a new movie coming out or something we don't know about I yet? I think the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has a big following, Tim. I think if you look at the sales numbers for the arcade one-up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cabinet, you'd probably see that it sold fairly well. So, I mean, I okay. would be, I mean, just considering the fond memories people have. And if you've got that arcade one-up cabinet, what better could complement it than a nice pinball machine, even though the price difference is like 10 times the price or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, still, it's right. not a bad compliment to it. So, I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is still cool, Tim, after all these years. I think so. Oh yeah, it'll be a it'll be a fun pin. I, we'll definitely want to play and it. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to play it at some point. Tim, I was looking forward to playing all these pinball machines we've talked about over like the last year at Texas Pinball Festival, but of course that didn't happen because it got canceled. And unfortunately, Tim, we have to announce the cancellation of another show that we've been to in the past, and that is the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. 
And so um, right. here's the little announcement from them. The Southern Fried Gaming Expo 2020 presses pause, and I put canceled in parentheses, due to COVID-19. And you guys can go to their website for more information, but this is basically what they said. It breaks our hearts to do so, but out of an abundance of caution, we have decided to cancel the 2020 Southern Fried Gaming Expo. We recognize that this is a trying time for many, but if you are at all able to support the show, please consider purchasing some of our t-shirts and other merch. Memberships will be transferred over to the 2021 show to be held June 11th through 13th. It's not game over for us yet. And you can show uh, the show support by purchasing items from their store, Tim. You can go to store.southernfrygamingexpo.com. Pick up a shirt or they've got other merchandise things that you can get there. Tim, I bought a shirt for me so um, just to support them. And uh, Tim, of course, that's run by our friends Shannon, Pe- Preston, and Patrick, among others. And so we just, you know, just feel really bad for them. I know that it, it, it really stinks to have to ha- have all this planning that goes into one of these shows just totally decimated because of something like COVID-19. So um, just please support them if you have the capability to. And you can go to Southern Fried Game, Game Room Expo or store.southernfriedgamingexpo.com. Purchase some merch and help them out. And let's see what else I've got here, Tim. Um, oh, this is uh, something... Tim, I should have announced this on the last live show, and I totally forgot. I, You know, it was literally the day after the last live show, but I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and throw it on here. Tim, we celebrate our 12th anniversary on May 8th, 2020. Wow. So it's hard to believe. So 12 years of Arcade Repair Tips. Um, our first post and website went live on May 8th, 2008, and Tim, just want to throw a big thank you to all of you who have read our posts, watched our videos, bought our DVDs, listened to our podcast, and joined our live show audience. Arcade Repair Tips would would have shut down long ago if it wasn't for your support. So thank all of you for the support that you've shown me and Tim over the years. Um, it's just, it's been tremendous, and you guys are the best audience ever. So uh, thank you for thank you for joining us in our little corner of the internet, right, Tim? And, and yeah. I'm dooming corner. Like, we're over here, like, I feel like you know, I'm in timeout <laughs> facing the wall half the time. That's our yeah, corner of the internet. Corner. But um, we, at least we have a piece of it, I guess. And so we're out there, and uh, we're just glad that you guys have shown us support for 12 years. So great stuff, guys. Thank you again. And then, Tim, of course, uh, we something we've been pitching. We haven't gotten any videos in a while, but something I want to continue to pitch is that we always are looking for arcade-related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Send a link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure to put a plug-in for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to your submissions. And just a reminder, guys, so if you have any arcade-related content on your channel, um, you can always, you can always, you know, if you want to volunteer it for our channel, send it to us. We'll play it during one of the live shows and give some promotion to you. So, uh, Tim, before I go on, though, something I should have asked you about. How do you feel about Pac-Man turning 40? It's making me feel really old. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's been 40 years ago because we talked about this uh, a little before. I can remember that's probably not the first arcade game I played, but I definitely remember that summer when the arcades were really getting, seeing a Pac-Man for the first time and playing it. I was definitely hooked. It was one of the first ones that I really, I, I remember running over to the cashier and giving her a dollar so she'd give me more quarters at the Safeway so I could go play it some more. Absolutely. I mean, hey, it, it's a great game, Tim, and there's a reason why it's had the lasting impact that it has. So, I mean, just great stuff from uh from uh you know pac-man and tim i mean hope you know hopefully 40 years from now people will still be playing it so 
I think there you so. Go. As long as there's people <laughs> like us keeping the arcade cabinets alive, right? Hopefully now so. we did get a couple <laughs> of um, twelve-year congratulations. One from YouTube Punk, Headless Horseman. Uh, so there you go. Um, oh, Delusional's Arcades here too, Tim. He says hi. So um, there you go. Wow, Pac-Man wasn't even thirty years old when we started. That's John. true. That's a good point. That's a good way to look at it, Tim. So uh, he's gained a whole uh, decade and two years, right? Haven't we all? Golly. So. Uh, right. <laughs> Anyway, I think we're okay. I think I'm caught up on the live chat. So, um, oh, Delusional says once my um, he has a God Plus Tim build is done, I will send you guys a a um, a recap. Cool, yeah, send us a recap. We'd love to see it, Delusional. Delusional does great work. You guys should be checking out his YouTube channel for sure. And Tim, there are so many great arcade YouTube channels, Tim. I mean, we just can't even name them off. We tried. Um, so please support arcade content creators um, because guys, creating content for arcades is very difficult and doesn't pay very well so <laughs> so it is what it is um so please support content creators of arcade stuff whenever you can because it's very much a niche any our niche any anybody who's doing it is doing it because they love it so um again support all arcade content creators so um let's see okay i think i think that's about it so let's go ahead and do the um the contact information tim here and we'll we'll go on to the after show uh, guys, we want to remind you that you can send your emails to questions at arcaderepairtips.com, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. If you put live show in the subject, you will get it mentioned on the show. Again, that is questions at arcaderepairtips.com. And Tim, that goes directly to you and me. So, And, and we try to save ones for the live show, guys. So, um, you know, whenever, um, whenever we get one in, even if it doesn't have live show, we try to save it for that a lot of times if we think it would be something that would be beneficial to a lot of people. So um, always looking forward to getting y'all's questions, though. Again, questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com. And then, guys, of course, we have our YouTube page at YouTube.ArcadeRepairTips.com. And uh, we try to cover the comments from the last show on the next episode. So, of course, a lot of you guys are watching this on YouTube, so you don't know where the YouTube page is. But for those of you who aren't, you can go to YouTube.ArcadeRepairTips.com and watch there. And, of course, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you don't get the after show on the podcast. So you can go there to listen to the after show after this episode. And then we also have our podcast email. So if you guys want to tell Eric and Rusty how good an interview they were, please send them an email, podcast at arcaderepairtips.com that goes to Eric and Rusty. And please encourage them to put out a new episode very soon because I know you guys want to hear it. I want to hear it too. So um, that's and uh, that's a podcast at arcaderepairtips.com for Eric and Rusty. And you can subscribe to them on iTunes at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com and on Stitcher at stitcher.arcaderepairtips.com. Tim, we're on Spotify as well. If you go to, um, if you just do a search for Spotify, you can find us there. And we just had a, a little glitch there. Sorry, guys. But um, Spotify, if you just do a search for Arcade Repair Tips, you'll find that there. So, um, But leave them a review, iTunes and Stitcher, if you can, and tell them how good a job they're doing on the podcast. And then, Tim, we have our social media pages. We have the Facebook page of facebook.arcaderepairtips.com, facebook.arcaderepairtips.com. And uh, we want to thank Louie, who's been in the live chat tonight with us, Tim. And we also want to thank Mark for all the contributions that they make to the page. Uh, Tim, you know, Mark does most of our pinball coverage. And so we want to thank Mark for posting all the links to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, that was a big deal this month, obviously. So thank you, Mark, for that. And thank you, Louie, for for doing what you do on the Facebook page and moderating the live chat tonight. We want to thank Louie for it. Thank you. That really exactly. Helped. We want to thank Louie for all of his help there. 
And Tim, we finally got the feed of the uh, the Twitter feed to where it is um, getting the information that was on the Facebook page as well. So if you'd rather follow us on Twitter instead of Facebook, you can at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com, twitter.arcaderepairtips.com if you guys want to follow us there. So Tim, that's about it. Um, Headless Horseman has something. Jonathan, you should do a video sometime of your arcade games fired up and some gameplay. You know, I could. Um, you know, we're not really a gameplay channel, Tim, right? I mean, um, you know, we're yeah. more of a we're more of a repair channel. But I mean, you know, I always get requests for that but I, I'm, it's almost like i'm too lazy to do it you know i'm too lazy to do a lot of things i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> and I, I i shouldn't say lazy tim it's just that when you have two kids and you have a full-time job and you and you have uh, and you have other obligations it's just hard to get everything done right but yeah. you know but oh, headless awesome. horsemen will try i will try I, I that's the best promise i can make you we can try it sometime but we can at least get the row behind you I, going. I, I could turn it on actually i had it on the other day i mean all the games in here are working some of them need maybe a little bit of tweaking here and there but all the arcade games do work in here it's just a matter of like i said some tweaks here and there but um i do have a whole row of uh, arcade one-ups here too that you can't see but um we've got uh, quite a few games here in the uh, in the game room and it's always fun to play and my daughter's here and she's you, you've played all of them right right so there you go but uh, anyway so maybe i'll turn them on for the after show i'll, I'll, I'll at least just turn them on okay. i mean I, you know that way you can I, you won't be able to see much because tim's not here too so we don't have all the space but uh but i may turn them on for the after show so if you want to stay tuned for that you can but tim i think we're about done for the regular show so um what do we have coming up in the after show why don't you give us a little a little thing on that well we're gonna maybe do a little uh-oh i think you're skyping Maybe there won't be an uh, we'll after show. About, oh, there we go. We're going to talk about the stock market. We'll talk about current events. Uh, not much going on in sports, but probably some movies and shows we've been watching and how we're still coping with all this. There you go. I'm going to have to reset you, Tim. It looks like I've only got like half your face. But we'll fix it here in a minute, and then we'll be back for the after show. But until then, guys, we want to thank you for joining us for the live show for this month. And remember it here, when you're here at Arcade Repair Tips, when you fix the game, you play the game. Take care, yep, everybody. Okay. We'll either see you next month or in the after show. Take care. We'll see you soon. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.